I text you a question, next minute my phone rings. What is wrong with you? Nothing worse than a salad orderer who then wants in on all the chips. Sorry, what section are you in? What section am I in? Someone's trying to board this flight with a semi-trailer-sized luggage. I think you should be more concerned with that. Hello and welcome to the second biggest comedic podcast on planet Earth. I'm pretty sure it's just in Australia, but like we don't need conditions to apply here, let's be honest. Um, number eight in Australia, we have destroyed the charts. Hamish and Andy, who? What I wanted to say is this. Thank you all for your support. Um, it was really overwhelming. I didn't really feel like we could go that high on the charts. I do feel like maybe there was like some sort of Great Depression and no one uploaded in that week and we snuck in there. Who knows? Let's try and deliver for episode two, though, I think. We are obviously the literally Nobody Cares podcast because we all know that nobody cares, yet we're still here to discuss it because it's important. Now, as always, um, I say as always, like we're like episode 300, episode two, here we go. Uh, what we do here is we discuss topical things initially. If something's happened in my life, then we get into it. And let me tell you a story. I went to Sydney and it wasn't pretty. We'll get into that though. Um, it's like the second time to Sydney. I just need to like scrap Sydney, I think, and just start going to a different city. But firstly, we're going to chat about um, some television stuff and my good friend, Rove McManus. And by good friend, I of course mean he has no idea who I am. Rove, my friend, what's happened? He's come back to our TV with a TV show whose name is not written on here, so I don't know it. Rove, what is Saturday it? Saturday Night Rove. Saturday Night Rove. Thank you, producer Courtney. Saturday Night Rove might as well be called Switch the Channel with Rove because that's what apparently everybody did. Week one, 244,000 Metro viewers, which, you know, is soft. Um, but, you know, he's getting started. And then week two, everyone turned off. They saw it coming and they ran to the hills. 138,000 people tuned in for episode two. And I'm sorry, but that to me is like exactly right. He is really dull. Who wants to watch that? Say hello to your mother for me. No, mate, that joke is like the worst ever. You can't bring it back. And also the arrogance to be like, I'm going to use jokes from my show 20 years ago. No one else cares. No one remembers it. It's a no from me. What is the greatest part of this entire story, though, is how they've promoted it. Oh, but I, I'm being slid some more stats. I, you know, I didn't want to pile on, but, like, you know, it's a disaster. Like, in terms of TV world, I mean, if you guys don't know much about ratings, let me just do a bit of an education moment for you. He started at 244,000, and then the week after, one week, seven days later, he plummeted to 138,000. To put that into context, everyone over at Channel 10 has had a meeting this morning and everyone is in trouble. Everyone's jobs are questionable. If we're looking at comparables, because, you know, some people are like, well, how many is that? Um, his first week, I think we should talk about his first week, though, because, you know, like that's when he really shone through with just shy of a quarter of a million viewers, which in terms of TV land is called a cancellation. Um, anyway, he was up against some massive, massive things. So I can understand it. You know, Agatha Christie had something on um, and they came in at 390,000 that episode. So I can see why everyone was busy. You know, what else was on? Mrs. Doubtfire. And somehow Mrs. Doubtfire is at 329. Agatha Christie had a, something was going on on that. Mrs. Doubtfire is a banger, but like we've all seen it seven times and we'd rather watch that eight than the first episode of this rubbish, which is 100% correct, I'll say it again. Um, what I will say, the promotion of the show, Rove. If you are looking for a group of people who know how to review 
come and chat to my audience because we are at a whopping like 60 reviews or something, which is quite a lot of my podcast, to be honest, because that's hard to get. And that's because you're all a 10. Um, let's have a chat about Rove's reviews. We've got a great one here. And so during the show, there was like splashed up reviews, like coming from the people on Twitter and like whatnot. Um, anyway, if anyone DMs me, it's like, it's not pronounced like that. Honestly, it's going to be blocked so quickly. Um, so someone tweeted this Rove, fantastic to have you back. That was the end. Um, and they use that as like a hype moment. Um, let's have a look at the original tweet from my good friend TD White White. T.D. White obviously was taken, so they just went with a double. The tweet actually read, Rove, it's fantastic to have you back, comma. They thought, comma, no, let's pop an exclamation point right there instead of the comma. And they actually put three, because why why have one or a comma? Uh, so it's Rove, it's fantastic to have you back, comma, but, that hurts, doesn't it? But you need to listen to your loyal fans and change the format, please. Mm, at T.D. White White, when you say loyal fans, um... Where were you when you had the radio show that got unceremoniously cancelled and thrown off the air because no one wanted to listen to it? I hear you. It was probably M. Rusciano. Fair enough. Um, All right, next. What have we got here? Another tweet. They didn't stop there. Why would you? Amazing, dot, dot, dot. Funny, all in capitals, like they're screaming at me. Funny, exclamation point. Um, Yeah, so let's... What do you even say about this? Let's go to the original tweet at R. Venusaur. Oh, Pokemon vibes. Yeah, I've got, I've got a Pikachu case going at the moment. Uh, our Venusaur read, uh, so, with two O's, that's like, let's have a chat. So, I kind of liked it. It's not amazing, but it's funny. And can we get some musical performances, please? So, I can translate if you don't understand what they said there. Um, it's a piece of shit. Um, we'd like a break from your head, and we'd like someone with some actual talent to come on and sing us a song. Um, but let's break it down. They have written on the TV screen to promote amazing dot, 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 funny. The tweet reads, so I kind of liked it. It's not amazing, but it's funny. So the dot, dot, dot represents, but it's funny. It's not, a. they should have put dot, 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 amazing, because they also struck out it's not amazing. This is amazing. I think we should um, do a new promo for us, um, and I'll just write my own, and we'll just put like Kim Kardashian said dot, dot, I'll just take her tweets and just, put them whatever I want. I think this is amazing. Um, this sort of standard and quality is something that I'm shocked to see from Channel 10. Not. Um, we've got some other ones. I mean, you know, I feel like I'm piling on and I don't need to because the country's spoken. But, um, you know, some tweets, sorry, Rove, I tried, I watched, I won't again, just not entertaining. And, but, and then Leanne's thrown in hashtag Saturday Night Rove. Like, she's branded it. I hope you see it, Rove. Um, let's not forget the project's first step was a train wreck and 10 years later, it has won multiple logies. I, okay. This person's like trying to hold on for hope. I'm sorry. It's, it's a no from me. When Kevin Rudd is the funniest thing on your show, you have a problem. I mean, ouch, that hurts. So one of the segments on the show was him versus Kevin Rudd in ping pong. Oh, because ping pong's like big uh, handball. Handball, handball, sorry. Producer Courtney's blooded. Button pusher Aaron stepped in. Um, <laughs> uh, what I can tell you is that Aaron, uh, Aaron, that's not what I'm talking about. Um, Prime Minister, former Prime Minister Kevin Rudd, he, I thought was ping pong because he's got the Chinese relationship. Do you know what I mean? Like, everybody's he was like speaking Chinese. So I was like, he's so well versed in international relations. And then we were like, aha, knifed. Um, anyway, so Saturday Night Rove. That was a good one. Um, if you didn't see it, like every single person in the country, bar those who fell asleep and forgot to change the channel while they did so, um, you should pop onto Twitter because it seems to categorize the whole thing really well. Anyway, that's that. 
The next topic that I'm jumping into, I mean, I don't want to spend a whole great deal of time on this because it's it's not ideal, but I just felt it was insensitive not to. But there's been a shooting in Texas. Um, and I mean, like it's, you know, like we say it now, like so cash because it's like there's a shooting every other five minutes in the US. It's just disgusting. Um, you know, off the back of all of this, we're getting told now that laws are coming to effect to, you know, loosen gun laws over there. You can now take guns into churches more easily. You can take them into foster homes more easily. There are so many things wrong with this. And I didn't want to get into like commenting on things about the week and just gloss over things like this because it is serious. It's a disgusting group of people over there that can't do anything to fix this. Is it about taking guns away completely? No, because that's never going to happen because the NRA and the stronghold and the money and the, it's dodge. But what I will say is there's got to be some tightening. I mean, guns into foster homes, into churches. I mean, it's really foul. And wh- who is this more? Republican. Well, that's a surprise. You didn't need to write that there. Republican Governor Greg Abbott in June's making it easy. I mean, you're a disgusting human being. And it's like more guns. That'll protect us. Well, have a look around. Literally, children are being murdered on your watch. You're a foul group of people. That's all I'll say on that. Let's move right along to Sydney. So for those of you who are following along, I was promoing, I mean, promoting the shit out of the podcast, to be honest with you. You turned my Instagram and it was like, we're aware you have a podcast. But some of you didn't listen. So I needed to be clear. Um, I was in Sydney. So I went back, I was there for some work and then ended up staying the long weekend because it was a long weekend on the Gold Coast um, for the Gold Coast show. And like, you know, what a time to be alive, the Gold Coast show. I was reading an article and was like, all the show bags have sold out. Of course they've sold out. Why else are you there? You, no one's going to the Gold Coast show to, for the questionable rides that may snap midway through. Like they're going for the show bags. We're all aware of that. So anyway... I'm in Sydney and I, I, I say this all the time and people just think I'm a wincher, which is no surprise, but um, I attract problems. Like I'm like a magnet for problems. Um, and I'm not sure if it's because it's the, it's one of the few things that makes me really confident there's a God because I'm sure someone's sitting up there being like, let's see what happens now when I do this. And it's just like a, it's like a TV show. What's that show with the, the Truman show? It's a bit like that. Anyway, so I was, uh, I flew out on Thursday and it was a bit of a crazy day. I was back to back most of the day and then I finished with um, a lunch that I had to go to. It was quite important. And uh, the lunch finished at, I'm reading this document like I didn't live it. Um, The lunch finished at 2.30 and my flight was at 10 past three. No, it was actually five past three. Um, And so I really had to like race And I was at least 30 minutes from the airport, depending on whether or not people decided they knew how to fucking drive that day, which newsflash, they decided they couldn't. Uh, Like, how does traffic occur? Can we just, if you analyze traffic at its core, if you're on, like, if there's no lights, right, so you're on a highway, just sit for a moment and think to yourself, how does traffic occur? The answer is fuckwits, because there's nothing to slow the traffic down. If we're all traveling at 100 kilometers an hour and we're all continuing, why would there be any slowing? because someone's hit the brakes when they shouldn't have, because you're a fuckwit, or you can't merge. We'll get into that in another episode. So anyway, I'm en route to the airport. Because of the situation, I thought, because I'm a genius, I'll book a car, because the car will get me there faster, um, because there'll be no parking. Like You bypass all of that. What I got was the only driver in Queensland who respects the speed limit as what it is, a limit. And he felt that he was more comfortable 10 to 15 under the limit. 
because he thought it was like um, his like the drinking limit. Although based on his acting in the car, I think maybe he wasn't respecting the drinking limit, and he had, had a few. But anyway, uh, I wasn't concerned about that. I originally thought, and you know, when he started, he started out really good because I was like, "We're in a rush," and I'd booked and told them I'm in a rush, and he was like really hitting it, but not in the key moments. Like he was like taking off at the lights like he was a rocket. And then he was like getting to the highway and he was going 80. And it's like, but it's 100 here. So like, can we go 105? You know what I mean? Like I'll even take 100. Anyway, he didn't care. And then I was like, oh my God, it's so funny. My, my flight's boarding. He was like, ah, ha, ha, ha. But we're still going the same speed though. And then he kept looking back and being like, what time's the flight? Well, I told you the time. Um, I told you five minutes ago when we were still on the highway and going under the speed limit, I told you five minutes prior to that as well. And then I started like weaning it into conversations, you know, like, yeah, no, it's so weird. It's, it's crucial I get this flight though. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, because if I had to get the five, I would miss something critical. So this flight's the one I really need. Yeah. And he didn't care. So he got me there and he was like, best of luck. It was like, well, fuck you too. You know what I mean? Like that best of luck was laced with poison anyway. So he was no good. I get to security, just cruise through there. Not really, but that was fine. I think it's the only time I've never been checked for a bomb in security. So that was nice. That was a little bit of a helping hand. Um, the flight was delayed. So I got there and sat for no reason. So that's great. Anyway, um, I get on the plane. You know, travel brings out the worst in people, or I'm just not sure if the worst type of people just love to fly. I'm confident that there's like a group that just fly back and forth all day long to fucking piss people off like me. But anyway... There was a lovely lady who, um, she was like the first person on the plane. She must have boarded under special assistance, which let me just tell you, when they announce boarding is available for special assistance, what they're saying is if you have some sort of physical ailment, some sort of disability, you need to not be crowded by people and to like board in your own time, which I am completely on board with. That is fine. It doesn't mean that you've got a sore leg. It doesn't mean that you're a fuckwit, all right? Like, you can go into the general boarding aisle because you're not in priority. Anyway, so I get on the plane. The ladies boarded special assistance. I think it was special assistance for certainly not physical reasons. Um, and she's already seated uh, in her aisle seat. Um, I am seated uh, with Courtney, producer Courtney, slash sister, um, uh, and we're, we're flying economy. So, like, obviously it's painful mentally for me. Um, so we're seated in the window and the middle and this lady's on the aisle. She set herself up in the aisle like it's her own fucking bedroom. She's got the seatbelt on. She's got a little packages in the little pocket in the front. She's got a bag on the ground. She is good to go to watch Rove Saturday night. Like she is set and, and she is the type. She's one of the 110 people who watched it. But she is set to go. But the seats next to her are empty. She knows someone will be there unless she just thought like, they're not going to put you on next to me. Like, why would they? I'm Queen Victoria. So we were then like, um, we're in here. And then, of course, it was like shock and awe. Like, oh, oh you're in here in, in the empty seats beside me on the empty plane. Yes, fuck sticks. Stand up. So she stands up. Okay, she, wait, it's an uncomfortably long time. So I then have to offer to help undo her seatbelt because she can't figure out how to operate the seatbelt. So I have to reach over to her gut and undo it. Oh, I missed that. I was like looking around to people like with the outraged face, like, can you believe this? Like trying to get like endorsement from the other people, the crowd. Anyway, that's not ideal. That didn't affect me though. Henceforth, I on the story. Um, so then, you know, we get in, we sit down and then she, it just begins. Thankfully, I'm in the window seat. So like I am just 
unsubscribing from the whole experience. But she's wanting to get some of Courtney's hand wipes when she sees them, like it's a retail store. She I mean, not offering money, obviously she's just taking them. Uh, you know, she's you know the the people come along and they're like, did you want a juice or water? Yeah, I want both. Okay, it's not a smorgasbord. It's a freebie. And like, what's the water thing? You pull it back an inch and you, how do you drink out of a cup? It might as well just be my hands and they pour it in there and you just think, absolutely not. You know, in the mornings when you're like putting water in your mouth after you brush your teeth, that's how they should hand the water out. Hands out. Please, sir, can I have some more? Like, it's fucking ridiculous. Anyway, um, I, I, there, many things happen. I'm just going to fast forward because it's hurting me mentally. Um, at the end of the flight, mm, we land, obviously, thank the Lord. I didn't burn the place down from fury. Um, and we're seated. Now, this is where I think people have differing opinions of what happens on a plane lands. Um, you know, some people like to stand up immediately. Some people like to wait. Like blah, blah, blah. I personally like to get up pretty quick. I usually am on an aisle um, when I book, and so normally I like to get my bag down, and I am then ready to leave at my own pace. I don't like being rushed, and people are like, you know, pushing. It's just not for me. So I, I also get paranoid because, like, if I've got one of my expensive bags and I've put it up there, and people start pulling their Target specials out, it's like, don't rip the side. It just stresses me out. So anyway, I normally stand up pretty quick. Um, this lady thought she was just on the bus at the stop and she was on the third stop, like the train, like she was, we're going to wait on. Um, so she was just like, nothing had happened. We've taxied in, the whole plane has stood up in like this quick movement and she is just looking around like, oh, this is a nice city. Wish I was staying here. Guess I'll come back next time on the way back through. Um, and so of course, you know, we're not psychos. We don't say anything. We just having, and then we start to do like the very, you know, clear look around as if like, hello, everyone's moving. The whole, everyone in front of us is now gone. Now everyone behind us is moving past. And then the plane is just emptying, like left and right. The, the plane is virtually empty. And then she turns over and says, oh, would you like to get out? Are you fucking joking? She was like from Russia or something too. So it's like, I don't know what's going on. Like with the accent, I, I, what the hell is going Do you want to get out? What are we doing here? What do you think's going to happen? This is the end. Get out. Anyway, we finally get, I mean, and, and she wasn't even that slow a mover. You know, some people are like, I want to like take my time. So she was fine. She was just an idiot. Anyway, oh, then I'm getting my bag out of the top, which at this stage has been raped by every other bag that's been pulled out. And now then she was like, oh, is that your handbag? To Courtney. No, actually, it's my overnight bag. Thank you. It's seller on you, bitch. Anyway. That was ideal. Um, so then we got off the plane. I, of course, flew off in a huff because I was outraged at the handbag comment. Um, I mean, you know, how fast can you get off in that, like, narrow hallway? You, you, there's no way to, like, leave in a huff, is there? It's just, like, you leave in an orderly fashion and then you're thanked for your... And, you know, when we got off the plane, the guy at, like, the door that's supposed to, like, thanks for flying Virgin, he was just on his phone. I'm sorry if I inconvenienced you. Anyway, so that's the flight. And if you thought that was where it ended, it didn't. So then we proceed to the hotel where we check in one of my favorite hotels in Sydney, the Sofitel Darling Harbour. Stunning. Really living for it. So we arrive there and uh, we check in. All is good. We go up to my room and I walk into my room and on the table there's like a little gift there. Now I know some of the people at that hotel, so I wasn't like totally shocked to my core. So I put my things down, um, went into the bedroom and realized there was like, a whole other bed in there, like a, a trundle bed. I don't like that word, trundle. Oh, no. That's what it is, though. It was like a, a rollaway bed with like a little koala plush situation on there and like all these amenities laid out. It was like a whole situation. 
Anyway, so then I went back out to see what gift I had been left because I was like, oh, standard, I would be left a gift. Um, and I read the note. It's like, to the petite king, um, blah, 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 welcome. Da, 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 da. No. So it's not for me. The whole thing, I'm in there like, oh, yes, of course it'd be for me. It's not for me. It's for some little fuck. The petite king, whatever that means. So then I'm like, well, this is great. I also realize it's not the view I want. I was completely besotted by the gifts I was receiving. But, of course, none of them were for me. So I was like, fine then. So I called downstairs and I was like, well, this is an outrage. I'm not the petite king. I've not been receiving fucking plush toys all these years and I could have been. And now I've got the wrong view. So I called and was like, it's just unacceptable. And they were like, we're so sorry. You can keep the gift. And I was like, well, I don't want it now. So for me, there's some kid rolling around the hotel who thought he was going to get a gift and he didn't. So anyway, I then wait and they're like, look, we can't move you because it's just simply none of the room that you want with the better view. Uh, we can move you tomorrow. But please keep the gifts with our compliments. <laughs> with our compliments. Like it's some rotten lollies. It's the gift, the, the fact that you've received a gift that counts. Anyway, so I then am like, fine, I'll like not unpack too much. I'll stay tonight and I'll move tomorrow. Then a few minutes later, knock on the door. And I'm like, oh, hello. So I answered the door. I was like, hello. And he was like, hi, I'm here to pick up the gift. I was like, are you fucking joking? Not only have I been asked to stay here, you told me I could have it. What if I was sitting here hoeing into it? I wasn't, thank God. And then I was like, did you want to take the plush toy? And he was like, oh, I won't tell anyone you keep it. I don't need a fucking toy, bud. Thanks anyway, sport. Like, just get out of my room with my shitty view. Anyway, and they called their 10 minutes later and they're like, we can move you if you'd like, sir. And I was like, oh, of course, that'd be great. Everything's perfectly fine. I'm totally not angry at all. Um, and I was moved to the more appropriate room, if you will. So that was great. Move to the new room. It's stunning. I mean, it really is stunning because one of the things I find that's annoying in a hotel is that because they've been built so long ago, they don't have like the floor to ceiling windows. And so your view isn't, when it's a stunning view, it's not quite as beautiful because it's like a, a narrow part. Whereas because the soft hotel was custom built only a few years ago, it's, you know, beautiful long um, glass window. So it's, it really is stunning. Anyway, especially for the fireworks. So... Then, um, I mean, then there was just small, silly things. For some reason, my lights just kept turning themselves off at random intervals as they felt the need. And like the whole room, every single light in the place is just like, ooh. It's like, now it's pitch black. Then you have to like find your way back to the door because there's one fucking light switch only um, to turn it back on. And then as you get back, ooh. You're like, oh, wonderful. So that was great. Um, thanks for that. So that was the hotel. But I mean, generally speaking, stunning state. Love the place. It really is a beautiful hotel. Um, if you're a petite king, I would suggest it above all else because the gifts seem quite generous. Anyway, um, so then on Saturday, I decided to do a little bit of a shop. As you know, I don't mind a shop myself. So I popped to David Jones because I need to find jeans. Can I let you in on some life problems that I'm having? I buy currently nudie jeans. The jeans are like, I don't know the words, but I believe a raw denim or something. So basically what that means is they fucking stain everything. So if I rub up against anything, it's like, oh, it's now blue forever. There's no removing it. Oh, that's a lovely lounge you have. It's now got a blue patch. Oh, that's lovely doona on your bed. It's ruined for life. Like it is literally the worst. But God, they're a nice jean with a really beautiful color. I know because I leave it everywhere. Anyway, so I have finally convinced myself that it's the end. I can't do any more of the jeans situation. It's too much. I can't sit places. I'm dying. So I went to in search of new jeans. So I went to David Jones and I don't like, I dressed inappropriately. You know, when you try to try something like a jean on, 
you want to wear like a, a very simple shoe. You want to be able to get the pants on and off very quick to try multiple options. I wore a lace up and it was a whole situation. It was too, it was my own fault. My pockets are packed with stuff. You know, it's a disaster. So I go into David Jones and I don't know if this is a huge shock to you guys. Um, there was no staff anywhere ever. So um, I helped myself and then probably someone no doubt was picking up a fucking commission for looking at me from across the room. Anyway, so I was, I grabbed a couple of pairs of jeans. And I was like, phenomenal. I take those through. I, you know, look around like a blind person trying to find the change rooms. Cause again, there's no one there to help or offer any assistance, find the change rooms and I go inside. Anyway, I then have a pair. I mean, thankfully I then have a pair of these other jeans, which I mean, to be honest with you, I don't even know what the brand was, but fuck, they were terrible. i got them on. It was too late. They had this whitewash down the front. Like, what is a whitewash? Is it the 90s? And David Jones like, we still haven't quite determined why our profit's in the floor. The fucking whitewashed jeans aren't helping. Maybe get a colour that's this century. Anyway, so I'm in the change room with the whitewash on. I have now realised how stunningly disgusting they are. And so then my temper has risen. I don't handle things very well in that situation where it's like, why didn't I see the whitewash before I put them on? Now I'm wearing them. And now I don't like them. And then it's like they're tighter than I would like. And there's so many problems. So I was just furious. Then someone knocks on the door. No, if you're confused and you've just come back, I'm not in my hotel room. I'm in the fucking change room of David Jones, George Street. There's a knock on my door. So I, of course, don't open the door because I'm not a psychopath. I then say, hello, someone in here, thinking someone out of the 3,000 other options has chosen just the one shut door. And then the person on the other side, excuse me, sir, um, would you mind opening the door for me? And I was like, okay. So I opened the door. You can imagine my face. Like, you can imagine. So I was like, no, it was more, it wasn't like an abrupt, like, who do you think you are? Because I was like, bizarre. It was like I was in the twilight zone. So I opened it like, hello? Like, these are a disgusting gene. You shouldn't stock them. Um, he was like, well, I didn't let you in here. Um, I'm going to have to ask you to step out. That's the sound of my fucking jaw hitting the fucking floor. My temper then is progressively rising at such a rate that I can't even capture it to slow it down. And I was like, what do you mean? Well, I wasn't at the desk um, and you've just let yourself into the change room. Yes, my friend, that's the fucking point of the change room department. You go in to try the clothes on. What do you think I'm doing in here, selling them? It's not a black market poker room. I don't understand. So I was like, absolutely not. I'm wearing these disgusting jeans you shouldn't be selling, and now I need to change. And he was like, well, I will have to ask you to pop your jeans back on and then just come back out the front. I was like, I am going to try on every dirty pair of jeans I have just picked up that I will never buy, and I'm going to try them on. So then I try on, I just stayed there basically because I knew I wasn't going to wear any of the jeans because it was the end. They were disgusting, so I wasn't going to waste my time. So I very slowly get ready, um, put my own jeans back on. I then mosey back out the I like livid. I then mosey back out the front, and then he was like, goes to explain something to me, like have a story, and I just threw them, three pairs of jeans straight at the fucker. Straight over the counter, like at a distance, straight at the fuck. I mean, I hope he's filed a fucking workplace harassment. Like, I just hope. Because it was a disgrace. Sam, can you tell us another time that you've thrown produce at a <sighs> worker? You know, every now and again, you got to throw something. I'm not a sports person, and so I don't have the option of throwing things around. Many years ago, it's a story for another time, I threw chips in the window at a McDonald's at a poor worker there. They forgot the sauce, and I'm sorry. 
there are a few treasonous crimes in Sam's book, and that's one of them. Why have the chips without the sauce? Here's your nuggets. Is the sauce in there? I think so. You think so? There might as well not be any nuggets in here if there's no sauce. There might as well not be a bag. Why don't you just quit and close? What's the? Why are we all here? Anyway, so, I mean, that was just another real tick. So I threw those at him, and he was just, like, the shock on his face was like he was in a melodrama. It was some sort of, like... What's that show in the middle of the day, you know, that's been going on for like 8,000 years? What's that thing called? Days of Our Lives. Days of Our Lives. He thought he was being cast in the Days of Our Lives the way he reacted. Like, you knocked on my door in the chat. Couldn't you have waited till I left to then berate me over exactly what the purpose... Like, why do you think you have signage that says changing rooms so that when you go and do something else that isn't your fucking job, I can still find range... Anyway, it was disgusting. So, um, just, I mean, from Dr. Sam to David Jones, there are a couple of, um, ways that I think you could improve the bottom line of the old business. One of them would be the staff to assist. One of them would be for them not to harass. Can't be sure. We'll let you know. Next up, we went to, I mean, (laughs) they've put this down because it was a good time, but we went to the Woolworths. Uh, This isn't that great, but we went to Woolworths in the city and I was with my dad and he has, um, I get the temper from him and it's the worst Woolworths in Australia. I don't know if anyone's been to that like city one because what it is is it's every single person who's ever decided they needed to shop going in at the same time. But then they've also been like, it's a bit like when you get on a plane. They're like, we can take off another two inches between the aisles and it'll just be shoulder to shoulder. It'll be fine. We can fit another row of food and we'll make more money. And they've done that. But then when you get in there, they're all used to it and they're all like very quickly like doing things and you're like in a foreign land. You know when you go to the wrong supermarket? You know when you know your supermarket? You know where the sauces are? You know where everything is? Why do I say sauces? You know where the chocolate is? You know where the chips are? You know where the good stuff is? And then you go to someone else's and you're like in a foreign country where everything's like, why have you put this with this? This doesn't make any sense. This is not my normal shop. That's what we were doing. Um, And my dad was just not coping because people were just like reaching over him and he was just like, what are you, can I help? Like what's that? I was just like, let's just move it. Let's just move it faster. So we were trying to move very quickly. It was three levels, which he also thought was like the uncovering of the Empire State Building for the first time. Like, there are three floors in this building. It's like a nine-story building. Yeah, there are three floors. There are others above it as well, I presume. Um, Anyway, so we did that. We got to the counter, and then we were served by the man who – there was time past this gentleman like it was just water over a rock. That was nice. It was just silk (laughs) over – just so pleasantly and gleefully, nothing was a problem. Thousands of people piling through every other register, the self-service beeping and noises and children. And this gentleman was just like, not a problem. Silk over a knee. I mean, I don't even know. Come with all sorts today. That was ridiculous. Anyway, so it was just, he was just, there was nothing. And that was like, he was on this like calming He was like on Prozac, everything was fine. And my dad was on like Coke. Like he was just at a level that was just like, I will pack it for you. What do you even mean? And then he's looking at me like snapping. He's like, what are you like? Can you see this? Yeah, I'm watching it go down. Like, you know, there's what can you do? The guy's just, and then you know how now it's like, would you like a bag? No, I'm going to carry 17 items just and juggle them. Thank you. Um, so I get a bag because, you know, I hate the turtles. Um, and, you know, like, because they come stuck together, you pull the handles out so the bag opens. Well, he had them crossed over. So as he pulled them, it closed tighter. Um, and he just proceeded to pull and then retract and pull again and retract and pull again. And it was as if the handles were attached to my dad's temper. 
as he pulled them and it retracted and he pulled them a bit harder and he tried. And it was just like, I was like, okay, why don't you go out with that bag? I'll wait here and pay for them. We'll just leave and we'll all be fine. And Noah will be arrested for assault. Okie dokie. So anyway, that was a fab time. But of course that was, um, you know, just, uh, why would you shop there? I just, I, I don't get it. Anyway, um, there was so, there's just, I'm looking at this list being like, this is just a long time and I just don't know how much people care, but we'll keep going. If you want to tune out, fuck off. Um, so then one evening we decided to stay in because, you know, I'm not that big of a go around up. So we stayed in one evening and I ordered gourmet food at my good friend's Kentucky Fried Chicken. Um, it's a banger. It's a winner. If you're on here and you're like, I'm on a health journey, it's just a journey to happiness, KFC. Anyway, until the next day when you're like, oh, I feel horrible. Why did I do it? And then the next week you're like, I'll have it. And then you're like, oh, I feel horrible. And then you're like, I have it again. Anyway, so shout out to my good friends at KFC to sponsor this podcast because, like, really, let's be honest. <laughs> um, so we go down to order at the KFC. And as you've discovered from this week's podcast, I go from zero to 100 sometimes quickly, depending on the situation. If you've knocked on my door in the change room, I'm not a big fan. But this was – it was just pandemonium. So we're, we're staying in the soft, obviously, so we're at that harborside – it's very busy. There's a lot of people in this food court. There's a lot going on. So there's 300,000 children working at KFC, none over the age of, I would say, 14, none of whom are Austra or Caucasian. They're all Asian. They're all just like as if it's English is a ninth language, the way they were going on, even though they could talk perfectly fine. They were clearly like Australian, but they just were not communicating in the same language we were. So every time you ordered, it was like, what was it? I think you have 15 items on your menu and I've listed one of them. Is it a surprise to you when I've said the language? It's not, anyway, so I was fine. Nothing was wrong with me because there was this gentleman who ordered in front of me and he went up and he ordered like he was from the outback. Because, you know, like, I'm not sure. There's probably people listening to this who are like, go to fast food for the first time. I'm not a first timer, all right? That's clear. But when I go, I order what I eat there. This guy went up to the counter and so casually, like he was Keanu Reeves, was just like, I'll have five pieces of chicken and some chips. And the guy was like melting inside because he was like, what? And he was like, five pieces of chicken and chips. And just looking around like nothing was a problem. And everyone in the place was like, you're a fuckwit, mate. This isn't a chicken shop. It's not Chookies on the corner. This is KFC. Pick a five piece feed, change the fucking potato and gravy for a regular gravy. No one wants the coleslaw, swap that out for another side, upgrade to large, where are we? So the kid asked 300 questions now because none of it makes any sense to him. He's like, did you want it in like a box? And the guy was like, a box? Five pieces of chicken and some chips. And I was like, okay, we understand you're looking for five pieces of chicken and you want some chips. What type of chicken are you like? Zinger or original, regular? Or and this guy was acting like these questions were an assault on his freedom. Like he was so offended to his core. It was like it was me in the change room. Anyway, so his level of stupidity created a shield for the staff of their stupidity. I wasn't mad at them. I was so mad at him. I had forgotten the fact that they were idiots. So he orders that. Anyway, I then, mum and dad are getting food somewhere. Courtney's getting food somewhere. So we're like, you know, everyone's doing their own thing. So I leave the counter when I've placed my order to like walk around and stuff. So I wasn't just standing the whole time. It turned out that they had no idea they lost my order. I ended up walking around with a free extra burger because they were like, what do we do? Throw a burger in. I don't know. Hand the bag. Another popcorn chicken. More fry. They didn't know what was going on. So that was fine. But 
The gentleman who ordered in front of me, he then stands two steps back, completely obstructing the line department, you know, like doesn't care. He's standing there. Um, and then they realize they've lost both his order and my order. So they then say, the manager comes out, who I think he was maybe 16, maybe it was his 17th coming up. And he was like, he was a really nice guy. He was like, excuse me, sir. I'm sorry. I think we've lost your order. What did you order? And he just goes, no, nah, you've got it. And the supervisor's like, no, in fact, we do not. That seems to be the issue. Um, and the guy's like, no, I placed it. It's like, no one's disputing that you've placed the order. Um, the concern is we've lost it. Uh, um, of course, this wasn't the tone the poor kid was. He was offering it like super nice, which I was like, what a dick at this stage. I was like, oh, God, do you have to be that person? Anyway, so then the guy's like, okay. He's then opening his wallet to like unveil the receipt, which clearly has like the order number on it and just holds it in front of himself. And then he's just like, I gave it to you. I stood there and I ordered it. I stood and I, with him, with that one, I stood there and I like going off at them. It's like, again, no one's disputing the ordering process. They're concerned they've lost the order. So then I was like, yes, I understand that. And then he just screams at his lungs his order number, like 4852. And then they're like, again, that's not what you've ordered. So then they have to go like to another computer, like they're finding it. Then he starts the lecture. I stood there and I've given it and you should know it. You have all the And they were just like, okay, but like we didn't. Um, so I was so mad at him. I'm then looking around for like support from the other customers being like, this is outrageous. Yes, you're feeling, I'm feeling outraged. It was just not a good time to be an Australian, if I'm honest, watching this tosser be like, you've come to Kentucky Fried Chicken without a confirmed order. Like, you don't belong here, mate. And he was like 50 or something. You've had plenty of years to work out whether you like original or hot and spicy, whether you want just chicken or a burger or a wrap. No one wants the wraps there. Why are they doing wraps? And they're like, did you want a slider? What? Why are you saying this weird flatbread bullshit? No one wants that here. Anyway, so that was KFC. Um, like I said, my order was so badly wrong. And then every now and again, I remember where I get it from because before I could open my mouth, my mum's like, this isn't good enough. Nothing's happening. I don't like anything. And so then they'd put down the two additional chips I didn't order to put in my bag, which was phenomenal. Um, and then... They had sat there for some time while they worked out what the like their minds were burning over this idea that I'd ordered a regular burger from their menu. Um, so then they had sat there for like two minutes on the count of the chips, and they kind of go, we're so sorry here. And I was like, these aren't good enough, and pushes them back, replace them. So that which I have stood there eating openly and like very casually. So they were then replaced. Um, you know, my dad's temper also. I'm a combination of the two of them. And it's really not a good combo for anyone. Anywho, that was the core of Sydney. I mean, there were some other bits, but that really was the core of what happened. Like I said, I'm a magnet. It kind of is funny because the two weeks or three weeks prior, I had already been there and already experienced a tumultuous journey, if you will. I had many people message me asking me to elaborate further. I actually had so many people message me and ask me to elaborate on the Taylor Swift feud. Um, as I've discussed in the last podcast, I have an open feud with Taylor Swift. By open, I mean it's just coming from my end. She doesn't know who I am or what's going on. Um, although to be fair, I do know her team. So it could be reaching you know, 17 people from her um, as opposed to just 17,000. But um, she and I don't get along, um, not in person because we haven't properly met. Um, but look, she, I used to, I went to the concert. I was there. I was at, I don't know, 
1989. I was there with the big snake um, that she is. Um, and she, I think it was a snake. Was it a snake? Invitation to her. Oh. She was a snake after 1989. Oh, I liked it before. She, oh, of course I did. Sorry. Yeah, before she was scum, she was 1989 and she just couldn't dance on stage because she doesn't have any beat or any rhythm or any movement. Um, so I was there for that because it's like, oh, she's awkward. It's cute. Now she's fucking stupid. But anyway, the reason is she went after the Kardashians. I am a huge fan. I know the family. Phenomenal people. Very hard workers. And don't get the respect they deserve. Uh, she went after them in what I would describe as the most stupid attack ever. Because, like, if you're looking for a family with receipts, you are looking at the Kardashians. I mean, not only do they have a full camera crew documenting their entire lives, they're just a smart people. So when she went with them and was like, I didn't even know about anything. I oh. And then Kim was like, that's so weird. I have this recording where it says that you knew about everything and actually you're scum. Did you want to, should we have a chat about it? But you know what Kim didn't do? She didn't just drop it. Did she? She went in for the show because she's a professional. She's a fucking... Pro- Christiana was like, put it down, sweetie. I'm going to sell this shit. Let me get some more ads. She's just a genius. Anyway, so that's kind of more of the premise on that. Someone also messaged me and was like, it was very bitchy, Sam. <laughs> fucking thanks. Um, but also, I would appreciate knowing more of what you like. So I don't know. So for that person, um, Celine Dion, Kentucky Fried Chicken. I think like we've ticked that off and people who don't sit in the aisle seat with their seatbelt tightened. I mean that I, I do like that. So really, if you think of what I'm talking about, the opposite of those situations, I like, I'm a big fan of Louis Vuitton. Although sometimes Virgil thinks he's still at off white and forgets which department he's in and draws the wrong thing. Anyway. So the last time I was in Sydney, are we going into this? Like, is this getting on long? Like, is this another we're like where it's long? Do you know what I mean? Should I try and like get through Sydney and like prompt? Or do I just like abandon ship? Or do we save it for another week? Is I it another know. week? I really don't know either. I feel either. like you are a good storyteller and I don't think you want to cut it short. Like it was quite a debacle. <laughs> it was quite a debacle. It really was. All right, we'll save it for another week. I think we'll just do a whole episode on that. Do you think maybe we could even have Ben in the, as a guest? He would be the worst guest. Ah. <laughs> I love him to death, but fuck, he'd be the worst guest. Oh, Ben's my partner, in case people aren't aware. Button push Aaron's just confirming that not everyone follows my life. Um, so Ben's my partner. He okay. was the cause of the debacle. I mean, you're being very light about it. I mean, really, it was his fucking fault um, that I was sleeping practically homeless on the street. Um, so we'll try and get him on an episode. I don't know what that would mean because the whole time he'll just be like, ah, oh, you're a fucking and then we'll be like, no, the audience is with me and you are on your own in the cold. Like I was at the Meriton Suites. Let's just be clear. It was not in a suite. Um, anyway, so I think that we'll do that on another episode. I, just think, I think it's crucial. I think it's a good discussion point. What we would like to discuss though, firstly, people who are reviewing the podcast, you're all a 10 out of 10, like a complete 10. You are the Zinger Fillet Burger upsized to large in my life, really, because... You just know where it's at. And like you're leaving the stars, you're leaving the, the full reviews too. You know, you're coming through. You're my kind of people. Um, the people who haven't, oh, you're knocking on doors in change rooms. Do you know what I mean? Like you just need to take a look at yourself. Um, I mean, don't leave though. Still keep tuning in because we need those numbers, but we would appreciate a review. Um, so what I'm looking for, I'm going to do some guests because every now and again, maybe I'm too much 
you know, for some people who messaged me were like, mm, maybe some nice stuff. Ugh. Um, so what I'm going to do is ask three, is it, yeah, we're thinking of asking people the same three questions every time, no matter who the guest is. So it's like a consistent situation. Do you have any feedback? Do you have any thoughts? What could we ask them? Coke v Pepsi, I think is taking a seat because- At the end of the podcast, like obviously you'll talk about other stuff for the whole podcast. Yes. Like the, the meat of the episode will be, what we think actually the guest thing will be that we're going to ask them what their like first world problem is. There's something that no, literally nobody cares about. Um, and then we'll elaborate and talk about that more. But we thought that we would end with three specific questions. Coke or Pepsi, I think it has to be one of them because it's offensive. People need to know about it. Although I will say, you know, Pepsi Max has released that creaming soda and oh, it's tasty. It's t Our button push Aaron doesn't know what's going on. It's in the fridge in like the office. So like, that's sad. Um, he actually has heartbreak on his face that no one's offered it to him. He, he does. Yeah, that's very sad. Oh, I've been drinking it for days. Um, it's actually like toasty. Um, although Amy, um, who's a good friend of mine, she turned and was like, it tastes sweet. And I was like, it's sugar free. So like, shush, we don't hear your stories. Um, but you know, send me a review on that. But I mean, as a general class system, Coke v Pepsi, it really is like business versus economy. Do you know what I mean? Like you are seeing an economy with a Pepsi. So let me know what three questions you think I should ask regular guests. I have a guest coming up. Laura Dundavik will be the next episode. She's the greatest and I've had some of the funniest times of my life with her. Um, so when this comes out, I won't have recorded that episode yet. Oh no, I will have. So, um, uh, you won't be able to put in for that. So I'll just go to Instagram for that. So, um, my Instagram, that's funny. You're asking it's at underscore Sam Mangan. You're not following it. You say, well, that's funny. That's why you're sitting in economy with a Pepsi. Um, you should be following it cause it's a 10 out of 10. I am also on Facebook. Um, Oh, I, Lock it up, lock it down. We are launching, I feel like it's like a volume. We are launching a Facebook closed group. Uh, do you know why it's closed? Because some things we say can't be out in the open. Do you know what I mean? We're a good community of people who know what's up. Some people just need to be spoken about. You know, like, do we want to be out here on a public forum trashing Rove McManus? Not all of us do. Just me. So for you guys, you might want to do that in a closed environment. Maybe I'll go live in there. Maybe I won't. But I, I probably will. Um, you should get in there immediately, if not sooner. The link will be in the bio down below. I think it's below. Can you just enter, Sam, or are we, do you have to answer a question in order to get in? Like, what's your first world problem? Should we ask someone questions? No, absolutely not. That's far too difficult. Oh. Um, Courtney loves, like, oh, a, a barrier to entry and, like, creating, like, a maze where, like, maybe you'll get to the middle or maybe you'll end up in economy or the baggage claim. Like, oh, my God. Whereas I'm just like, come the fuck in, all right? I just need you guys to join and we can be friends. Let's all chat about it. Whereas Courtney would like to have, like, seven rooms and maybe the final room will end up in the main room and maybe not. Closed groups have like a barrier to make sure that they only get like people who are fans and not like snoops in there. Who are the snoops? I don't know. I'm just saying what most closed groups do. Okay. Well, like they're all suckers. What if Rove um, is trying to get in, Sam? Oh, come on in. I've got some suggestions. Firstly, have me on. Secondly, <laughs> I'll tell you on the show how you can fix it. I mean, now there's a show. Um, anyway, join the Facebook closed group. The link will be somewhere. I'll probably talk about it on Instagram anyway, where you can, you know, link in bio and all that fun stuff. Um, thank you as always for listening into the podcast. This is actually a part of the Spin Studio Network. If you're not sure of what that is, it's Australia's leading podcast network. It is the greatest podcast network that has ever been seen anywhere on planet Earth. I own it. Um, to stay up to date with that, you can follow me on Instagram on at underscore Sam Mangan. DM me what you think. I'm getting back to all sorts of DM. I will. Well, that's weird. I'm getting back to all sorts of direct mail. 
Am I like a fucking 80 year old sending out postcards? What the fuck? Um, I'm getting back to so many DMs. I'm, I'm actually writing back and being like, you're the best because most people are. But then I'm also saying like, I really want a review. Like I'm a little bit begging now. It's kind of weird. Um, so please save me from doing that and just leave the review. Some people writing back and be like, I have, didn't you see it? I'm like, oh, sorry, your name on iTunes is like fucking Asmon95. And it's like, okay, button push arrow. We don't fucking know your iTunes name. Okay, like what the hell? Anyway, love you all to death. Please, Courtney's trying to add something. I'm in a high for a wrap up. I just to add, Sam has left his own review under the name Sam Mangan. Go check it out. My own review was absolutely there. I made sure it was very clear. Um, it's got a similar review to the Spin Studio just received here on the podcast. Thank you for listening to episode two. We will be back for episode three with Laura Dundevic. If you have any tips, any constructive criticism that's only positive, please hit me up in the DM on my Instagram. See you then. Oh, bye now. <laughs>